make 2020 fantastic. Come to Aircon, 13th to the 15th of March, and you can meet some fantastic people, play some fantastic games. Just everything is going to be fantastic. You can get your tickets now by going to aircon.co.uk forward slash tickets or by following the links in the show notes. And now, on with the show. Welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I'll be your host for January. Um, it's cold, it's dark, it's wet, It's people are a bit, uh, you know. People are thinking about Christmas. People are thinking about what's happening after Christmas. You could say that people are maybe even thinking about the kind of the aftermath of Christmas. So I was thinking to myself, who can I get on? to talk about an aftermath. There is only one person you can get on the show to talk about an aftermath. He's been on before. He's officially a repeat offender. It's Jerry Jerry Hawthorne from Plaid Hat Games. Hello, Jerry. Hello, I'm back. Yay! (laughs) I'm so excited. How are you doing, first of all? Doing okay. Doing okay. Did you have a good Christmas break? It was... Yeah, it was pretty good. I, um, you know, the time that I got to spend with my family was really good. I've had a few, uh, few uh, household repairs that have come along uh, at a bad oh. time, so that sort of no. sucked. But, and you know, as far, uh, we're part of Asmo Day, so there's been that whole big mess too. So, oh, what's that? Oh, right, yeah, because um, are they announcing kind of cuts and yeah stuff like that? Yeah. Mm. So, so kind of is everything a bit kind of up in the air and stuff like that at the moment? Then? Oh yeah, sure. Um, you know, there'll take some time for the all the chips to fall and land where they will and stuff. So we've been dealing with that. Has that been? Is that kind of taking you away from concentrating on the kind of the niceties then? Kind of like the board games, the promotion, a little bit of aftermath. Have you had to? Kind of get involved with that side of things, or or does do you get project do you get protected from getting involved with that with by Colby then? Yeah, well, I'm a you know I I, I kind of stick to my my work. I stay in my lane, and mm. um, uh, but you know we lost uh, several employees here, so mm-hmm. um, the the people that you're used to collaborating with they're gone, and so mm-hmm. that's that's that can be kind of tough. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, let's. I mean, let's talk about. Let's get into aftermath because I'm, not, I'm. I'm seeing your face kind of going from a kind of a little smile to oh, I don't want to deal. I. I can we not talk about something else? Well, but, I thought I would get that out of the way so that we could. Uh, yeah, so, so that, we can. Yeah, you know, we can dance. I know and, people have questions out there about that stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, it must be. I mean, it must be kind of difficult, and it must be tough, and um, especially when things kind of like it's like a takeover and you think there's money kind of coming in and then people are saying oh actually we need to kind of tighten the cloth and you're kind of like oh well i could have done i could have done that myself i could have been bringing sandwiches instead of going to the deli for lunch you know if you just kind of if you just kind of mentioned that and and kind of told you um but in terms of aftermath people are talking a lot of nice stuff about aftermath. Now are you sitting there, that's a knowing nod. Yeah. So you're like, yeah, I told you. It was gonna be <laughs> kinda like a, it was kinda like gonna be a, a kinda be a good game. I'm very proud of it. Um it's uh it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. and it's got a great story and a really interesting world. And um mm-hmm. I think people are discovering that and they're exploring it and um and I'm hearing a lot of good positive response about it. Because it follows in terms of um, the design you're using, again, it's kind of like your your adventure book um, line, which 
we were speaking about um, last time with like uh, stuffed fables, um, and I think even comanots as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering at the time you were keeping that a secret from me, <laughs> what <laughs> you were doing with the aftermath. But um, is it becoming easier to kind of think up scenarios and start to produce these line of games? You really found you kind of, you know, you're talking about staying in your lane, but have you found you're kind of like your design fast lane? Because you seem to be pushing these out now a little bit, you know, pretty, pretty quickly now. So you well, find yourself a, in a happy design space. I work full time as a game designer, so mm. um, you know I don't have to. I don't have to juggle with another job or you know mm-hmm. another gig of some kind. Um, mm-hmm. So when I'm at, at my work from nine to five every day, I'm mm-hmm. like constantly getting stuff done. Yeah, and so uh, and I'm a workaholic. So I work and I never stop working. I work seven days a week, and mm-hmm. um, I'm always writing, and um, that writing. Uh, it really helps when it comes to, you know, crafting a game that uh, has a lot of narrative because you have the story already written and yeah. then you just have to gamify it really is what you do. And um, Aftermath is kind of cool. It's kind of different because um, I sort of created a new little engine for it. Yeah, so It has some similarities to the previous two games, but um, instead of being a dice-driven game, it's a card-driven game. And... Um, it also has this colony management element to it that uh, makes it really unique, and uh, I think that I, I think that 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 combination of the of the little card card uh, card driven mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff, yeah. like a little mini game within a game, all these little mini games that that make up the the overall experience are all uh, interesting and fresh. Was that was that a conscious decision to do that? Then did you kind of sit down and say, right, um, I want to do something different over the normal kind of the, the the stuff that we've done previously with the dice? Then just to see, I guess, to see if you could, if it would fit in with the yeah. you know the adventure kind of book. Yeah, what I did is, um, I I do, I didn't like the the amount of cost that um, the big bag of dice uh, added to the game, and mm-hmm. um, it. it was reducing some flexibility in some of the other components. Yeah. And so um, I started brainstorming a card uh, version of the dice system. And um, the cards uh, afforded me uh, more flexibility in design because Mm -hmm. um, they allow you to mitigate luck uh, in interesting ways. And they, uh, I think that it just provides a, 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 a more interesting experience because I, I love the dice too. I love the the little mini game aspect of this of taking a turn where you're not just moving your dude and then doing something. You you're literally trying to figure out how to work your cards the best you can to have the most effective yeah. turn. And um, and I just think that's really interesting. And so uh, it, I brought it. Uh, I made a little prototype and um, I brought it to Essen with me um, on a trip uh, with Colby. And I, you know, I told him that while we're on this trip, I wanted to sit down and show him my card, my card version. And I'd already started designing um, Aftermath at that time based upon the dice system from the previous two iterations. Yeah. So we sat down in Essen and started playing um, a little scenario that I had made um, using my new card system. And he immediately, he was like, yes, this is, this is, this is great. It's better. (laughs) You got to use this. You got to transfer it all over to this. So then, when I got back from Essen, um, I just immediately started translating it over into the card system, all the work that I had already done. Is it still exciting to pitch stuff to Colby then? If you've got stuff working away in the background? It, yeah. it is very exciting because um, I still have to pitch just like anybody else would. You know, yeah. I still have to sell it to him. And um, he's a, he's an interesting and clever person. And so when you're when you're showing him something, you can't really read his. You can't really read him until he finally, you know, gives you a thumbs up or thumbs down. And so I didn't know whether he was enjoying this or not. He was immediate. He was like picking out all these flaws and everything. I'm like, well, this is this is like a rough, yeah. this is like a rough thing that I brought just to show you. I whipped it up in a couple of days so I could have this to show you. But uh, there are some things about it that he immediately didn't like and wanted me to change, which I did. Um, yeah, but. But overall, he felt like it was very, you know, very compelling. And so we switched over to a card system. And that gave me all kinds of opportunities um, 
to uh, to manipulate uh, the decks and stuff like that, and basically spawned a whole bunch of new ideas that dro- that drove uh, the aftermath into this sort of. Uh, it's an it's an interesting game. Uh, we call it a campaign game, but I really probably it's probably uh, we should have called it uh, what it really is. It's more of like a persistent world because um, you're not really going in a traditional campaign sense. You're not going through yeah. that uh, entirely linear experience. You're sort of sandboxy. You know, you're you're going out and you're exploring, and while you're exploring. The things that'll happen to you while you're exploring will generate new missions that you can go on the next time you play and stuff. And yeah, the, yeah. The game remembers from from play to play, um, and so it, it really is more like a persistent world than than a campaign game. Yeah, and the thing with the thing with campaigns is that if you're not getting enough into a campaign, you never see. Sometimes the finished model or the final version that the designer wanted to bring to the table, that they mm. sometimes, you know, they leave the best tricks up their sleeves until the very, very end. And, I'm, you know, it's like, and and if you've not managed to get to that level, round seven, round mm. 10, round 15, then you'll walk away and you'll say, well, it kind of really never went anywhere. And that's why we stopped playing where that you can hear the designer a thousand miles away going, no, no, if you just keep playing it, this <laughs> is when... This is kind of when the next thing yeah. kind of come kind of comes round, and you um, going back to mice and mystics. You always kind of did that with mice and mystics because there was always little flavors of additional mechanics well, that you tried mystics, to bring it at every level, kind of thing. What I did, the way I structured mice and mystics, is that I wrote this this story that had your uh, you know the the typical mm-hmm. arc of a story, mm-hmm. and I broke that up that story up into ten roughly equal sized chapters. Yeah, and then each chapter I structured with the same, the same little arc. Yeah. So you get the same kind of thrill each time you play, rather than you know having the campaign, having each game be a, a step up to the to the climax. You have a little climax in each game. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's kind of yeah. like what I did with Aftermath. You you have all these missions have their own little cadence to them, you know. Yeah. And, but with Aftermath, you have you have three uh, three uh, main plot lines happening at the same time, uh, and then you you're encountering those plots through all these little side quests and stuff, and um, so it, it's not really a linear experience like Mice and Mystics. You 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 have these like you could finish off one of the three storylines fairly early on in the campaign. Yeah. So you have like these three really climactic storylines, which happen during during the campaign so it's kind of it's kind of very very different very different um is that is that with you gaining more and more confidence as i mentioned you know kind of like learning the getting into the adventure book system but you kind of like pushing the envelope now because to me the worst thing about dice is is the randomness of them uh there's cards you seem to have you seem to be able to take a much more I guess, considered kind of source of action and, and know that, you know, if, and the other thing with dice, you roll dice, you get, you get a, a bad roll, <laughs> you know, like mice oh. and mystics. A number of times I maybe we got down to the, to the brass tacks because oh. we rolled pretty badly. Whereas in a kind of hands, if I played this card and things go wrong, that's my fault. It's not, it's because of bad planning or it's because I was too greedy or I wasn't kind of forceful kind of enough. So does that, is that what that allows you as well? Is it allowing you to bring in kind of little mini mechanics as well that people can play as part of the cards too? Yeah. I mean, I've always loved to have, uh, you know, little, little mini games within a game. I think that's, Mm. I think that makes it fun. I like the player's turn to feel, I like it to go by quickly, but I like it to feel consequential. Like they had all these little things that they could do, activities that they could do. And um, in my Mystics, I think it was kind of bare bones. You had a little bit of stuff you could do. There's always a lot of fighting and a lot, yeah. almost everything hinged on your dice rolling. Um, but in Aftermath, you can sort of craft your turn a little bit more. You got a little bit more control over how you, how you take your turn. You, you see the hand of cards and you know kind of like what you can do. And the way it works is that you draw until you have five cards in your hand. 
and the different colored cards um, match different at attributes on your character. And the numbers mm -hmm. on the cards, you know, uh, tell you how strong you are in that attribute when you use those cards. But any two cards that are the same color or the same number can be combined together. So you can chain together cards to make these bigger plays, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, let's say you want to make a melee attack and you against some bad guy and you you to make a melee attack, you have to play red cards, right? And let's say you yeah. have a, a red two. Uh, and then you also have a blue two. Well, you can play the blue two because it matches the number of the of the first card that you played. So now you're at four instead of just two. And so you can combine these cards together. And then that's that feels kind of fun and, and, uh, and yeah. rewarding when you're when you're chained together. It's just a little mini game. It's real simple, but it but you're constantly able to do these little chain together these little moves, you know. And one thing we've not mentioned and not touched it. I mean, I mean, I probably should have been doing this at the beginning was aftermath is continuing your obsession with being the mice guy in <laughs> <laughs> it it that in that the world itself is um it's basically humans have disappeared and okay. you're playing a band of plucky little rodents who's going going around going where's the cheese but mm -hmm. also kind of going on kind of little kind of little adventures did it did the story kind of write itself i mean was that something you completely penned yourself or did you get a lot did you get input from other people no i i wrote the story um myself mm -hmm. and um and as as i was finishing up the story i was i kept on doing revisions on ways that i could make it have more even more emotional impact you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um things, ideas that came to me and I was able to quickly change different portions of the story before, uh, before it finally became full. And, um, the idea is that, you know, you're, you've got this colony of little rodents that, um, you know, uh, were emancipated from pet stores and, uh, you know, and they, some of them were field mice, some of them were house mice, some of them were pets, mm -hmm. but they all are sort of living in this world where humans have disappeared and, um, you know, everybody's out to, survive sort of in the in the aftermath of 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 these humans just disappearing for no real reason whatsoever and uh it's just you you become attached to the mice and to their colonies and you get to know the the different characters and stuff and you sort of get attached to their to their world and to their survival and um and you get to know the bad guys and they have a lot of character too. And there's, there's various little factions in the game that you have to, you can build alliances with some and uh, you know, you can, the things you do are going to affect your game. So let's say you make an alliance with this one faction, then it'll have you remove some cards from the game. So you won't encounter those guys, or let's say mm -hmm. you make enemies with these guys and it'll have you add cards to your encounter deck and there you're going to encounter them more. So everything you do sort of affects the state of the world that you're in. It sounds a bit. This is like your Mad Max. <laughs> it is like your Magnum. Your Magnum like, like Mad Rats. <laughs> you said it better. Okay, okay. I'll give. I'll give you that one. I'll have to come back with something um, cleverer. <laughs> there are little vehicles in the game. You can get. Um, you can find batteries, and you can find little toy cars. You know, uh, and and you know tinker with them until you have little vehicles so you can travel further out from your colony. Uh, just give me it just now. I'm just... <laughs> that's all I want. Little, I want little rodents able to drive. <laughs> the mad rats thing is going gonna, is gonna <laughs> to... But was that? But again, was that just you allowed to say, well, there's nothing kind of holding me back. I can present this to Colby, and at the end of the day, Colby, if he doesn't like certain parts of it, he'll just say, it's too big, it's too... Move it, or but I guess with your experience, are you are you quite good at kind of like trimming the fat from a game to get down to really kind of what works and what's kind of just unrequired extra? Well, I'd like to think that um, that I'm a work in progress, and uh, maybe <laughs> I haven't made my best game yet. But um, the way we work is, um, Colby and I are fairly collaborative about um, the the games I work on. He. Mm -hmm. He pretty much lets me go wild, and then he um, ropes me back in because um, he has, uh, you know, managerial and editorial uh, yeah. dominion over over what I do and stuff. 
and he comes in and he just makes everything better and trim stuff out that he that that has to go because we can't it won't fit the budget or what have you but um i don't mind over designing stuff you know and then having it mm -hmm. trimmed down because i mm -hmm. i'm a very uh prolific uh is you know creator and so i i have lots of stuff to give i have lots of ideas and i'm constantly like i said i'm constantly working so um I mean, this is just what I love to do. And I when I changed careers to become a full-time game designer, um, I didn't want to do it sort of half-heartedly. Some people have said that they feel like my writing in Aftermath was uh, written with more confidence um, than in the past. And maybe that's true. Um, I do. I did really feel in tune with these characters and the story. And there's a, a, a lot of the art direction and the, um, and the, the creative process of it that, that what, I, what I wanted to say about, you know, environmental um, custodianship and uh, just the, the statements about humanity and being able to tell the story about humanity by taking humans out of the picture and mm -hmm. then having us sort of be you know, a memory only that yeah. just I find that compelling and uh, I think that was I felt really good writing in that world. Have you allowed for do the adventure books do they allow you for expansions I mean with a deck of cards I would imagine that you've got the ability to here have a faction deck almost and say right here's a group of cards here's some critters for you to add on to it as well as yeah. opposed to a dice which kind of okay <laughs> but how to how to expand more dice i guess but um yeah has that allowed you to kind of like be a bit more open in terms of it adding additional scenarios into the story then oh yeah yeah um it's uh we set um aftermath up to be sort of uh plug and play so Mm -hmm. If we have any other um, expansion material for it, then you sh you should be able to purchase that and then immediately put it right into the game mm -hmm. and have it just fit right in. Okay. Um, and the kind of things we have planned are additional characters and additional enemies and additional villains yeah. and, uh, you know, items and missions and all different kinds of cards that you can just plug right in, stick them into your decks, and then, you know, keep playing. <laughs> have you... Um... Have you had time to kind of like dip into what else is out in the market? Are you still getting time to kind of like play as, play as much? Or has, has it been a little bit more kind of nose to the grindstone at the moment? I think uh, game designers, a lot of times we, I mean, we get, you know, so deep in our projects that sometimes mm -hmm. we don't uh, get out and play um, as much as we want. But I do, I've been playing, um, like, for instance, some, I think some of the games I, I've played recently that I'm really smitten with, um, as an example, the Clank Legacy game, um, Acquisitions Incorporated. Have you tried yeah. that at all? I've just been speaking to somebody who's been playing it, so um, I've so heard fun. it's fantastic. It's I've so heard fun. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, it really delivers. It really delivers. Um, and um, sometimes I play prototypes uh, of other mm -hmm. designers that, that they want me to look at and stuff. And so I don't really, I can't really talk about those, but I've, mm -hmm. I've done some of that and, um, and, you know, playing other people's designs is a big, big part of, uh, of, of something that drives me and compels me. You know, I like to look at other people's stuff and see, see what's going on under the hood and stuff. So yeah, we've, um, uh, I've been playing Skull Hollow, which I really like. Have you tried Skull Hollow? Yes, I have. I review. I reviewed it as well, and I kind of. Um, people said, "Well, what's it like?" And I said, "It's it's like um, it's like a skirmish miniatures game, basically. Yeah. It's like don't let the kind of the lovely because the artwork's gorgeous." And I know um, I speak to Edo now and again, and you know, I mm -hmm. I just you know I messaged. Him, I just went, "This is this just this is just fantastic," and it was it's um, disarmingly more difficult than. It <laughs> <laughs> then it appears. I lent my copy to um, a couple of friends of mine. They run their own. Um, they do a, uh, the Staying In podcast, which is an excellent kind of podcast. Just a mm. quick plug there. But um, they messaged me and went, "This is really difficult. <laughs> this is kind of really, really hard." And it depends on the on the guardian that you're you're kind of using. What did you What did you think about it? I loved it. I think it's a it's a fun little game. I haven't even explored all the guardians or anything, no. but, um, we've had a lot of fun with it. And, um, it's like, it's, it's, it's great because, you know, you, you pull it out, you set it up, doesn't take hardly any time. 
Yeah. And you get to playing and it's like 45 minutes later, you're done. And, you know, I love that. I mm-hmm. like games that have like a, that, that just are bite sized sometimes, you know? There's still a good crunchiness to it though. I mean, yeah. it's still, there's, it's still, there's still a lot of strategy in oh, there yeah. with the, the way that, the, again, the cards are coming into play. So it's like, again, it's like if you're not playing the right cards at the right time mm-hmm. or, you know, um, I think the only thing that I found was the fox and sometimes were a little bit kind of underpowered. But then again, when I played it a different way and I went in all an attack with them because they're the kind of the, the guys you can replace really, really quickly. It's really, really easy to get your forces back up to yeah. to scratch again if you do lose people. So it's almost a case that you're kind of sacrificing some of your units in order to kind of gain ground. And I found if I did it that way, then it was almost kind of matched up. But yeah, definitely, I really, um, I still, um, yeah, I've I've <laughs> I've kind of lent it to my my friend, mm-hmm. and I also lent them Parks mm-hmm. as well um, mm-hmm. from Keymaster, and I said. Um, if you want to hold on to parks, you can. But um, if you don't send Skulk Hollow back, I'm going to hunt you down. <laughs> I'm going to kind of come, kind of, kind of come after you. Um, I'm skulk him. I can't tell if you've been like on the gasoline, but you're definitely on fire. Um, I, I play real aggressively with my foxen. I mean. Like yeah, I get up there, right, yeah. I climb that monster real mm-hmm. fast and start really harassing him because it's yep. harder to actually hurt you when you're on the monster. So yes, um, and so then that that overwhelms my opponent and they spend all this time throwing me off. Well, that you know that that doesn't hurt you. You just fly off and you just get back on. You know, it's. I think the interest. I think the interesting thing is Edo at the moment's doing his Kickstarter for liftoff get me off this planet mm-hmm. which was the first game that he brought to kickstarter and it was the f- one of the first games i actually backed on kickstarter <laughs> so i've got the original kind of sitting on my cupboard and he's doing kind of like a new version it's kind of interesting to see that the pre- the presentation's still up there and he's yeah. done a, you know he's done his herbaceous and, and and herbaceous sprouts and stuff like that but it's, it's really cool to see kind of somebody grow from where they were at the beginning to kind of kind of do the fully fledged and to bring something kind of so so kind of complicated to the to the table. Um, in terms of kind of like looking forward to the rest of the year, what's kind of coming out and stuff like that. I mean, are you have you got have you got a couple of other projects you're going to be bringing to the table? Are you going to be concentrating on kind of getting aftermath? I have. Um, I have one game that's coming out. Um, uh, should be this summer. Um, maybe late spring, early summer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, should be in time for Gen Con for sure. Uh-huh. Um, and it's um, Stuff Fables, O Brother. It's the sequel to Stuff Fables. <laughs> and so that one I can talk about. Right, okay. There's other stuff that I can't talk about, but that one I can talk about. Um, that's public um, knowledge now. And um, so, but you're the first person who I've actually been able to have a podcast, be on a podcast and talk about it openly. So. Um, furnish me t- tell me <laughs> so if you're familiar with stuffed fables you know that yes. it's uh, about this little girl who uh who stuffed animals come to life at night to protect her from the monsters that come from under the bed yeah and uh and i'm just gonna breeze over the 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 plot here real quick but on the first night on the job they get sucked into the other world where the monsters come from and it's a dark and dismal world ruled by the nightmare king and populated by a bunch of lost and misfit toys, basically. And the the stuffies, um, which are you know our little heroes, they sort of get swept up in in uh, managing the needs of both worlds. You know, they have they feel sorry for the lost and broken toys in in the mm-hmm. fall, but then they also have to protect their girl. And when the Nightmare King finds them meddling in his world, he goes after their little girl and starts to meddle in her life a little bit, mm-hmm. messing up her sleep and causing her you know to to have bad daytime activities. So, um, oh, brother, the family has grown. They have a new little baby brother. Oh, right. He has his own, he has his own toys and stuff. And so, uh, he, he has two new stuffies that, that, that come with him. And, um, and it, it just, you get involved in a whole bunch of new and different adventures. Um, the, the, the the world of the fall has changed a little bit. It's been mm-hmm. uh, it's under new management, so to speak. All right. Um, and 
the little boy, he has he has just one little stuffed animal. He has a little stuffed unicorn named Pokey. Wow. Um, that was given to him, I believe, by his grandmother. Um, so he has this one little stuffed animal named Pokey. And the little boy, as soon as they put him in his big boy bed, he keeps getting out of bed at night and climbing into bed with the parents, which is really, you know, messing up their sleep and everything. So the father gets a clever idea. He goes back into a, a box of old toys from, from the 80s, from back when he was a child. And he gets an old action figure from when he was a kid. And he, he tells his little boy, I'm going to give you this, you know, this prized toy of mine from when I was a child, if you promise not to get out of bed anymore. And so this yeah. is how this little child gets this little action figure. So then at the first night that he's asleep with the little action figure, of course, a little action figure wakes up. And now he is officially a stuffy, but he's not snuggly. He's not cuddly. He's, you know, he's all into action and everything. And he has to sort yeah. of learn. He's like a new guy on the job. He sort of has to learn, you know, the ropes. Yeah. And, uh, and the very first night on the job, you know, he's all, he's all action, right? So when the minions come from under the bed, something happens and he ends up chasing him into the other world. And then the stuffies are like, Oh no. And they have to follow <laughs> him in and they go off on these new adventures and they find out all the different things that have changed in the fall and they meet old friends and then there's new ones and there's a bunch of new bad guys that they have to deal with. And it's just another big bunch of storybook fun. I take it. You don't need to have the original stuffed fables to be able to you pick do. it up and enjoy it. You do. You do need to be the original. It's not a. It's not a standalone. Oh, it's an. All oh, right. Okay. It's an expansion then. All oh, right. Okay. Okay. Was that? That must have been an awful lot of fun to kind of develop again, being able to kind of move up, to kind of add on to stuff and maybe not correct stuff, but kind of slightly tweak stuff, kind of here and there. Yeah, I mean, I not many people that. get to do that. You know. I didn't really tweak. I mean, I really didn't tweak anything because we didn't want to provide a new rule book and we didn't want to. Mm you know, um, we didn't want to do a full blown standalone thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, there are, there are some gameplay differences just because, um, uh, I wrote this, I wrote these moments, these story moments. I wrote them with a different sort of, uh, idea in mind, you know, a little more action oriented. And, um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, uh, it's just a lot of interesting challenges to the players, uh, assuming that they've played through stuff fables. And so they've got some skills. Um, the, uh, it's, it, it's really fun. I, 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 I always said that I probably wouldn't do uh, an expansion for stuff fables or a sequel or whatever you want to call it. But unless a story came to me that was, that I felt was compelling. Um, and then this story came to me and I was like, Oh my gosh. So I went and I pitched it to Colby and of course, you know, um, he was like, oh, yeah, we got to do that. And so that was, you know, pretty started working on it. Do you think, I mean, is there a movement to kind of develop this into a further kind of IP? I mean, have you got ideas of seeing, because it's, it's a love, what I've heard, I've heard a couple of things about Stuffed Fables, yeah? It looks glorious. But secondly, it's hard as nails as a game. It really is. It really is kind of like a wolf in sheep's clothing. And some people are really surprised about the level of challenge. They go in and expect kind of one thing. And what they actually get is they say, you should try this because this is, there's there's a lot of challenge here. There's a lot of, you know, it really kind of lives up to over and above what I expected it to to do. Well, it's a, it's a fail forward game. So you really can't, you can't lose the game, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The only way that you could actually truly lose a game is if all of your stuffies have lost all of their stuffing at the same time, which is, yeah, um, it, that only happened like once in the entire time during playtesting that had ever happened to anybody. So that's a very rare occurrence that that would happen. But getting the good ending is not that easy. You have to yeah. really manage your time really well. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, you know, you sometimes you can have, uh, you know, victory stolen from you at the last minute because of uh because you ran out of time and the little girl woke up and then you ended up getting the bad ending but you still advance the story and it's still a hell of a lot of fun as you as you play through it even if you don't get the the good ending and the bad endings aren't that bad they're just not as good (laughs) as the good ending you know we're talking about a game for you know for families to play and 
Exactly. I had this um this experience where I had this uh one of my son's friends, he was having a sleepover and he had this friend who was just he found out about mice and mystics and he was just begging to come over and play mice and mystics. And so <laughs> I sat down with my son and his friend and myself and we played mice and mystics and it was the first chapter of the game and we got almost to the end. Uh, you know, we were almost about ready to, to, to win. And then we lost. Wow. And that kid just about started crying. I mean, he had just put so much, you know what I'm saying? He put so much and in my mystic, when you lose, boom, it's done. <laughs> I've been there, Jerry. I've been there. <laughs> you know, I, it's don't, over. I wrote, when I wrote my review, I was, that's what I spoken about. It's like, it's one of the games where, you know, it was almost a case that a couple of times I played it with a, with my youngest and they were very young at the time, mm-hmm. is that there was a little bit of house ruling going on. Because <laughs> otherwise there would have been a little bit of disappointment kind of going on. And yeah. yeah, I can understand that. I played it myself and I lost. I always felt like when I was a kid, that's the way games were. I mean, when you lost, yeah. I think that it was actually good. You learn how to cope with, um, mm. I mean, we need to teach kids how to cope with disappointment. But that day when when my son's friend was on the verge of tears and then all the rest of the evening, he just every once in a while, he would say, I really wish we would have won. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh. I think maybe who knows how they do things in his household. But um, but, you know, you didn't cackle like that, did you? When he said, I really wish you didn't sit there and cackle and and laugh. No, of course not. No, but I, uh, I felt really bad. I felt really bad. And it, and it made me think, you know, golly, if I get another chance to do a family game, when I design mm-hmm. it, I'm going to do it in such a way that even when you lose, you still have some kind of resolution that keeps you in it, you know? That yeah. doesn't make you feel like you're a complete failure. That, like, keeps you in it. Like, better luck next time. We're going to get them. That, even if the game tells you we're going to get them, then that's enough for a kid. Well, it's not a finality with life, isn't it? Anyway, I mean, if you have a if you have a bad day at work, or if you, you know, you you have to get up the next day and get on with it. I mean, it's not well, yeah, a case I mean, like it, it's game over and you just kind of start again. I mean, it's a val- it is a valuable lesson. That's right. Um, you know, and uh, not everything is a win condition as well. I mean, one. I mean, I've got as my kids grow up, you know, um, you can tell the difference between the thinking where there's, you know, kids accept losing sometimes and kids aren't always exposed to losing so everybody gets a taking part medal everybody gets a star and then when kids don't get that the devastation <laughs> is you know is 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 sometimes kind of inconsolable so i kind of i kind of get that um have you as you as you're delving more and more into creating worlds and writing stories, have you just thought about? I just want to write a script for something, or write a kids' book. Prop, you know, write a kids' book without the components, kind of thing. Or are you kind of happy, kind of where you where you kind of are? I I'm happy where I'm at. Like I'm not a writer. Uh, I. I always say that I, I write stories in the language of board games. So mm-hmm. um, that's the language that I use to tell my stories. That's the medium that I use to, uh, you know, to paint these pictures. And I don't know how to do it any other way. I'm like, I'm not a very skilled writer. Well, I'm gaining more skill, but um, I'm not, a, I mean, there's a lot of things that's missing in my writing. Um, my prose mm-hmm. is horrible. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't, give my characters enough voice, you know, I spend more time telling a story and less time, you know, uh, working on making sure that my characters are all have equal, uh, voice in the game yeah. in the story. And I work, uh, very closely and always have, um, with, uh, Mr. Bistro, our staff writer. Um, uh, he was with me on my and mystics and all my games, mm. but what he does is he takes my stories and he uses his, skill with words to make them uh, professionally present them basically. Yeah. So he finishes them for me. I create the, I create the story and then he comes in and makes it all polishes it all up and he'll give each character their own 
uh, voice. And when I say voice, it's it's more complex than just saying that they're that they're saying something. It's not dialogue. It gives them a voice. For instance, um, Stitch in uh, in Stuff Fables never talks. Um, he never uses conjunctions. So uh, he'll say a word. He'll say, you know, he could not do it, rather than he couldn't do it, kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that's a, that's an example of things that that Mr. Bistro does. Is he keeps track of all my characters and how their how their wording goes. Yeah. And he he keeps you know lists of their common phrases and how they how they parse words and stuff and all that stuff that he does. That's his forte. You know, that's his mm. expertise, and we work together, and that's how we make the magic. But still, is there a little story? Setting up. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, every time I think of a story, I also think of, you think how, of a it game. Be, how it would be a game. <laughs> I kind of stick some I just, cards with this. I absolutely love games. I absolutely love adventure games. I absolutely yeah. love RPG experience uh, in a box. That's my, I mean, that's my thing, man. I love that. I love dungeon crawls. I love Hero Quest. I love that kind of thing. So, is there a is there an IP that if you could get your hands on, they'd love to turn into a game? Yes. Like yeah. we can't see yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's like tons of them, but the for me, you know, I have a lot of ideas too, and yeah. so uh, sometimes it's almost just easier and funner to like make my own world, yeah. you know. But yeah. yes, I'll give you an example of some that I really, really find compelling. Okay. Yeah. Um, I really love uh, Mutant Year Zero. Have you seen this video game? It'll ring a bell. If I see it, then I'll probably know it's, it. But. It's kind of like XCOM, but the, the video game, you know, the, uh-huh. the, the new modern yeah, XCOM. Yeah, 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 but yeah. Um, you play the part of mutants in this uh, post-apocalyptic world. And one of the mutants is a duck. Uh, the other one's a, a pig, but I just love, I mean, I would love, oh my gosh, I would love to make a board game. I can imagine you doing something with that as well. Uh, it I would can be imagine. so, yeah. and it's yeah. very similar to Aftermath. I discovered Mutant Year Zero after I'd already almost finished Aftermath, and they're so similar that I'm like, oh man, I would love to work on Mutant Year Zero. <laughs> and it's not even like the most popular video game. I'm not like picking it because it's a strong IP, yeah. or that I think it's a strong IP. I just think it's no. really cool. Just what you could do with it, yeah. And I yeah. love the gameplay in it. It's all stealth gameplay, and I would love to make a, a board game that had where stealth was a big factor, you know. Um, and but not the only way to do stuff, but a big factor. Um, and there's there's um, there's <laughs> Missile Mouse. Have you ever heard of Missile Mouse, the the comic book? No, I have definitely not heard of Missile okay. Mouse. So here's another, it's not a very strong IP, but man, I would love to do this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Missile Mouse is a science fiction mouse hero that yeah. he goes, he's like a, a hero that, uh, like a, I don't know, like a Jedi or something, but he's a mouse. Let's find out. Let's let's check out what missile, because otherwise, you know, I can't just sit here and go, what's this? But let's just have a look. Everybody, you just talk amongst yourselves while I go and check what missile <laughs> <laughs> yeah these are the things i love oddball off the off the beaten path kind of things i'm just having a look i am just actually just having a look because i need to have a look oh my goodness <laughs> you're probably you probably think i'm weird for wanting to do missile mouse but man i love the stories they're great i have all of them there there weren't very many but i have it i'm i don't know why i'm kind of there's a slight what am I remember? It's kind of like a mix. It looks like if Disney was allowed, if the Disney characters were allowed to actually do what the Disney characters wanted to actually do instead of like going about and going, <laughs> hi, kind of thing instead. Yeah, it's very more cartoony than the stuff that. What about um, different? I mean, you're going to. Are you going to continue with the adventure kind of book theme? Are you. Thinking, well, I should branch out and do something else. Are you quite happy, kind of where you, where you kind of are? Well, I mean, I mean, I love the adventure book line of games that that I mm, created yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. conjunction with my studio manager Colby. 
Um, these line of games are great because they're, they're unique. Um, there's something, you know, you open up the book, you play inside the book and it's fun. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, whether I, whether I do any more adventure books or not, I always want to do narrative games. So, yeah. um, story-based narrative games, um, that's just my jam. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I have, you know, all kinds of ideas and all kinds of things percolating and um, uh, all kinds of stories to tell and ideas for game mechanics that go with them and stuff. So we'll see what the future holds. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can't really say much more than that. I, like I said, I couldn't talk about uh, stuff I have coming out this year besides Oh Brother. <laughs> I know. And it's not even like you can, it's not even like you can whisper it anymore because like, it's not like I could say, well, nobody's going to listen to this because people have started listening to it. So it's like not even I can like just tell me and nobody else will hear about it. It's like lots <laughs> of people will be, lots of people will be hearing about it, kind of now. Um, aftermath out just now. Mm -hmm. Um, it's been out for a little bit. It's going for was it round about the was it about the sixty sixty dollar mark or something like that? Oh no no, well, it's the the eighty dollar mark. Oh, was it eighty? Sorry, mm -hmm. I was looking at it in pounds. I was trying. To <laughs> I've tried to do the conversion in my head, and obviously, it's like my brain is kind of seeking out my seeking out my ear. You see it for all different prices, though, all over the internet. I, I'm a, it's like I was like check. I was checking. I was like going at sixty, it's fifty five, it's sixty two, it's seventy two. I guess it depends where it kind of yeah where it kind of goes from. And I take it it's in the normal kind of distribution network, so you can pick it up directly from the Plat Hat Games website, or you can pick it up from a kind of a a retail place yes, of your sir. choice yeah. as as well um it must be exciting i mean it's ex <laughs> it's like it looks fantastic i'm i kind of personally i'm really really interested in it as as i've always said i'm a kind of like a big fan of of your kind of of your kind of your work um are you going to be doing any of the conventions then? Are you, are you, have you got a plan? Are you going to be kind of... Yeah, I think I'll probably be um, going to Origins and mm -hmm. um, Gen Con this year, I mm -hmm. think. And who knows about any more. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, yeah, and I'll be showing off Oh Brother and, uh, and stuff, so... And other stuff. I was, <laughs> when you said Oh Brother, I instantly had George Clooney... <laughs> I love that movie. I was like wondering, is is is, is Jerry going bluegrass on us? <laughs> I, I actually love that uh, that that the name of my of my stuff fables expansion shares the name with that movie and you know, <laughs> part a portion of the name because it's, there's some uh, there's some interesting similarities between not necessarily that movie, but you know mm. the what the, the, the source material that that movie is based on. There's some interesting yeah. similarities between that movie, <laughs> that, that story. And then the one that you're going to play. But, you so know, if you tie it, tie it in, you'll be quite happy then. Yeah. So cool. Cool. <laughs> um, we'll make sure obviously that we put the, the links so people can check out kind of aftermath um, as well. If they want to check your good self or your bad self, or your sharp self, actually, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Or where can we find you on the internet webs? Um, well, on Twitter, I'm mice underscore guy. Mm -hmm. That's my Twitter handle. Cool. And um, that's like probably the best way to uh, if you if you want to reach out and follow me or whatever. I always cool. follow everybody right back unless they're uh, an unsavory kind of <laughs> spam person or something, but. Um, exactly i always follow everybody right back uh and uh so yeah if uh if you want to follow me on twitter that's the best way to get a hold of me cool and um of course you know you can always uh find me on um board game geek um yes as uh no beer blues is my handle i don't know why we have handles on that uh i don't website, know either <laughs> it's, they're not even like <laughs> They're not even like the biggest thing. You can see my real name's on there. Uh, so it just does, doesn't make any. It's like it's even in brackets. It actually. Well. It, so it's not like it, it's not even like the main thing. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. If it's I had like, it all to do over again, I would just I, I would use my my real name as my tag name in, on there. Too. I I don't think there's anybody on Board Game Geek that currently has the name that they wanted to use <laughs> as their. 
Well, that's because it, pre like, it predates all of the the modern world. Every back back then, everybody used a fake name on the internet. <laughs> exactly, it was the anonymity of the of the kind of the yeah. internet. Um, thank you very very much again. No, for coming on. It's, thank you. It's always a delight to to speak to you. I'm a, as I say, I'm a I kind of I'm not going to go fanboy. I promise myself, I'm not going to go <laughs> fanboy. But I am a big fan, and as I say, we will make sure that we put all of the links in the show notes that we've got notes to show. Um, for everybody who's listened along tonight, thank you very much for listening. If you want to find out the rest of the things that we do, like our written reviews and our photos and our Facebook and everything like that, just go to the internet webs and search for We're Not Wizards. If you like what you've listened to, please jump on to your podcast catcher of choice and give us a rating or a review. If you're on the Apple podcasts, then um, Remember, if you are going to rate us, uh, don't give us 10 stars because it makes us big-headed, but don't <laughs> give us one because it makes us cry. Give us something in the middle, like a five, because it's average, and we are just a little bit average. But the person who's not been average is the rather wonderful, rather fantastic Mr. Jerry Hawthorne. Oh, thank, you thank you very much, sir. There's only one more, well, there's only two more things to do. Um the first thing is, it's a goodbye from Jerry. So goodbye, Jerry. Goodbye, everybody. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, stay safe, roll sixes, make something awful. Just check out Aftermath. Check out Stuffed Fables. Check out Mice and Mystics, for goodness sake. Heart of Glorm and everything like that. You know, just, you know, take a look. And uh, it's a place of wonder. But until the next time, goodbye. Wizard is never linked. Is he early? He arrives precisely when he means to. Mm -hmm.